Hi, I'm Karen. And I'm Elise. Welcome back to Poodle People, where we talk about all things poodles. Just a friendly reminder that we're not licensed veterinarians, professionals, or handlers. We're just poodle people. Hi, Elise. Hey, Karen. How's it going? It's great. How about you? Oh, just peachy keen. What's new with you guys? You know, I had kind of a quiet week. Um, Most of the puppies are gone. Um, I've met Ursula's new family, and Ursula's going to be called Lulu, which is also a very cute name for her. I love that name. That's so cute. It is really adorable. Um, And I love that the new family already has chosen a name for her and can't wait to get her. So um, we've just been walking every day and, you know, doing dog things. I feel that. We're kind of in the same boat. Winnie and I are, we didn't do much this week either, to be honest. Work got really busy and we were traveling last week. So Winnie spent all of last week with my boyfriend's family and their great mm-hmm. Dane, so she came back exhausted <laughs> she um she honestly she spent most of the week recovering I- i'm not gonna lie she slept for like three days after that it was a wow. lot of fun for her i think <laughs> yeah fun for us too yeah. but i think it, I th- i'm glad she had a good time good but, yeah so so tonight um our guest is going to be uh, a woman who um, I have bred my dog with. Um, and we wanted to have Deborah Stearns of Callistern Standard Poodles on the show because we are going to be having a regular segment uh, with a service update. So I bred my bitch Emma to Deborah's Diesel, and three of the puppies have gone to service homes. So some of the women who have the puppies now are going to start coming on our show and give us updates once a month on what they're doing, how the puppies are progressing, and just generally talk about service training, which is not something Elise and I really know that much about. Um, So we thought it would be nice to talk to Deborah before we start that so that our listeners have an idea of... um, a little bit more about Callister and Standard Poodles, Diesel, and things like that. So I hope you guys really enjoy listening to her. Um, she's a blast, and um, I'm really <laughs> excited for this segment. Awesome. Well, welcome, Deborah. Hello. Thank you for having me. You're Hi. Welcome. It's so nice. Yes. Okay. So, so Deborah. I know that when you and I first met, you, I'm sure, gave me a brief history, Um, but I thought it might be useful and certainly helpful for everyone else. If you could just tell us a little bit about how long you've been in Standard Poodles, how you got started, and, you know, what your experience is. Is I can't remember if it's just breeding, um, if you... uh, I think you do, I know you do do sports as well as confirmation. So just give us a little bit of a history. Okay. Well, I first started with standard poodles in California and I knew nothing about them, but I hooked up with TR standard poodles, who's Julie Borscht Reed and Mm -hmm. got a primer real quick on poodles. Um, 
I've got two poodles from her. She believed in intervariety breeding, which means if it, we were in Georgia, I mean, in Germany, they would be called Moyens. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're like max weight, 35, 37 pounds. Okay. okay. And she, she introduced me to UKC and mm -hmm. I, I championed both of those boys in confirmation. Very nice. I worked them both in um, obedience, but then it was just, um, we moved and I lost all that contact in California. So I started over again in Orlando. Very nice. Yeah. I, I took them to be groomed and the groomer asked me what I wanted. And I said, well, what I really want is, a, is an AKC showable black standard female. And she said, give me 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and she called and she said, I happen to have one. This a little older and is ready to go. And he, she comes from a very nice line. And her breeder is the international and national ranked show judge, William Cunningham. Oh, wow. So I called my husband and, I, and he had asked me, for what I wanted for my 25th anniversary. And he said, would you like, would you like a new ring? Would you like some jewelry? And I said, no, I want a poodle, a big poodle. Not <laughs> Good a poodle. answer. I want a confirmation poodle. And I called him when she called me and he met me there. He was there writing the check out before I even got out of my car. Oh, wow. <laughs> Good husband. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say good answer on the gift. I, I, I have to say, I think I'd be right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I've got enough jewelry. I don't wear it anyway. I'm around animals. So, right. Right. <laughs> if I put in earrings, I just bite them out of my ears. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so that was Dee Dee. And you, okay. and she, I put a UCH title on her because she was, she was major pointed in AKC. Okay. okay. We're all realtors, and the real estate market collapsed that year. We had no money to spend on showing dogs, and I could not finish her. She had 11 points, 11 champions mm. oh. with, with one major. She only needed one more major, four points. Mm. So yeah. that's, that was a heartbreaker. But then yeah. she became my first breeding bitch. Aww. She only had one litter. Uh, one very fabulous litter, but she ended up having an open pyometra and had to be spayed and never had another. Oh my mm. gosh, that's so scary. Yeah. It is very scary. And then um, she would, she did wonderful obedience work. So I decided, well, she's got this beautiful temperament. Everybody that met her fell in love with her, even people who were afraid of dogs. And um, so I put her in therapy training. And nice. she's a therapy dog. So that was my first thing. And I went to the VA hospital with her and went to the Alzheimer's unit and let her brighten up their day. And Aww. then, um, of course, you know, people get into your business like counties. Oh, yeah. So they decided that if you raw fed your dog, you weren't going to be allowed to take them in to do therapy work. And I wasn't going to give up raw feeding. Okay. So that was the end of that. She only got to go one time to see anybody. But, oh, hey, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she still made a difference in their, in their day, too, which is important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
<laughs> it does. <laughs> they're, they're very they're very snoopy about things. Yeah. Uh, like how many dogs you can have that are unneutered or unspayed, and you have to pay taxes on them through your talk your dog tags. Just, right. Oh yeah. yeah. It's like the that out here good too. Thing is is they can't count a service dog as a pet. That's true. Right. So I now have five dogs, but one of them is a service dog. Oh, nice. And that's Diesel. Oh, nice. Diesel is has been in training to help me with my mobility assistance. I have two false knees, and they don't like lateral work. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I start walking, and I veer off to the side and kind of look like perhaps I've, I've been tippling a little bit at lunch, and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> he kind of he kind of comes up and snugs up to my knee and says, "Straighten up, mom. Don't Aww. embarrass." <laughs> you know? That's really cool. Yeah, he's a very he's he is he is an exceptionally good dog, and he has a, the I don't know if it's the honor uh, it's my honor to have had him ever, but I did breed him myself, and from Dazzle and with Lucky, and. He chose me at eight weeks old. He wouldn't leave my side. He made direct eye contact. I got the goosebumps and that was it. He was mine. Oh, nice. So I call that the magic moment. But he's, um, he is an AKC champion. I call him a unicorn because he also has excellent hips. Yes. Oh, and a chin. I love that. And yeah. a chin. <laughs> you know? Nice. Beautiful. His boy is beautiful. He finishes championship in three months. <gasps> get out that is so neat he was with yeah. Ann, he was with ann rarig he went to her at nine months and before he was a year old he was home oh wow nice and he was done and lucky you that turned yeah. out really nice that turned well, out great i had i had a my master groomer um jane tell me one time if i was going to be a pet owner or if i was going to have show dogs because if I wanted a pet, I shouldn't be paying her $160 for a show trim every, every three weeks. Right. Yeah. Said, well, what do you want me to do? And she says, I want you to get, get serious about this and quit piddling around and doing ringside drop-offs. You need to put her with, you need to put him with a, with a bona fide handler. And I said, well, who's the best? And she said, for what you want, Ann Rarig. And I yep. called and she was going to the Yukonuba that year with London. She had London. And um, she said, sure, she'd come and evaluate him. Well, in between that time, and between those three days that I was supposed to see her, my husband had a massive heart attack. Oh, I'm so sorry. He lived. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> but, but he was that in the hospital. <laughs> and I wouldn't, leave, I wouldn't leave the hospital. And he told me, look, you've got the appointment with Ann. Go take him. So I went and took him. And I had his sire's breeder uh the owner of the sire shirley davis and her husband and they met me there and they the funniest thing was that i didn't think anything was unusual about the way he was built but shirley went to put her hands in him and her hands stopped and she says oh my gosh he's got he's got bulk the boy is built and i said <laughs> he told her husband come over here quick come over here and kill this dog long story short ann came and saw him trotted him back and forth two times and yelled out at me, he's got a brain. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best that part, was, right? <laughs> that, that was that. But uh, yeah, 
still with with um, him having been in the hospital for so long and having to recuperate, and getting stints, uh, we pulled her out, um, pulled him out, did not go for the grand championship. I kind of wanted to, and then I kind of didn't because I, my opinion is that they're not worth any more than a championship is. If you're a champion, you meet all of the requirements for AKC. Right. Right. And a grand champion is nothing but a personality contest for handlers. <laughs> it is a test of who has the most money and stamina. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. It is. Because, you know, uh, it's 15000 put a championship on and it, it was going to be another 20000 to put a grand on and it goes up from there. And I didn't realize when I went into showing that every single class, your first class, then your winner's class, and then your variety, you know, best of class. And then if you get picked for group, that's another class. And every single class costs. And if you get picked in group, it's called a PIG, picked in group. Yeah. That's a nice big bonus to them. Okay. That makes yeah. more sense. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's a rat race trying to figure everything out and knowing who's got what and where you are numbers wise and yeah it, um, I never even got to see him show. She took oh. him out of state. I never saw it except for one video. Oh. And Karen, I think I've sent you that video of him. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But he's gorgeous. So he how is. long how long have you been breeding? Uh since uh let's see. When did I first breed? Um, 2005. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, 2005. And on average, you know, do you have... Average, I I only do one litter a year. Um, Yeah. I I have done two, but it was a a stretch, and it was because I needed to do it to to utilize a a backup plan that I had on a dog. Right. So, and I don't breed up after they're five. I, I don't consider them my ATM. Gotcha. Yeah, fair. Yeah. And just like just like Karen and probably you too, Elise, all of my dogs are completely health tested and certified on OFA. I even did the VGL testing on them. Oh, their, wow. their DNA is logged with AKC, so that's I do what I can. Cool. I like so, that. I think that's nice. Yeah. So what's the biggest litter you've had? Ten. Ten. Ten's Ten. a lot. Ten's a lot. Yeah, and it, was, and it was Diesel's litter. It oh was Diesel's litter. And um, she had she had had she had had um, eight, and it was about four in the morning. And um, Shirley had come to help me, and, and she drove up from Palatka, if you can believe it. She drove three hours to help me whelp that litter because I had never whelped a litter on my own. Oh my gosh! And she sat in that box with me. And and talked to me and got me through it and showed me how to how to weigh them and put all the information down and keep track of everybody and it's a lot you know it, is, it definitely it, helps if you have someone who can oh, you know yeah go get you fresh towels or you know if you've forgotten a pen or whatever it is well, it's I definitely it, yeah it taught me that time that to be completely prepared. <laughs> Yeah, early, early. I mean, have everything set out early. <laughs> yep. If I not, have a box. Everything goes in the box. I yeah. check the box. Yeah, I've got, I've got duffel bags. You know, whooping kit. I've got. I yep. get 
get the pen set up and I get the table set up with the scale and get all the paperwork put on a, on a, uh, you know, binder. No, no, oh. it's a clipboard. I put it on a clipboard so I can. Oh, write. gotcha. Yeah, I was guessing what the tap was. I was that or the yeah. binder. I was. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> good guess. <laughs> yeah, there are so many little things that you have to, um, you know, be thinking about. Um, I have to say, um, Emma's litter was so easy because Emma started at ten o'clock in the morning, but you, you know, it, it is much more common for them to whelp overnight. So you're also tired, um, which just adds another layer of complexity. Oh, you're so jacked up on caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot like Mare Watch, you know. Yes. It is. I've done that too. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. Full Watch, yeah. So it, it's, um, it is a lot, but I tell you what, you know, with Emma, when you did it, and at least I don't know if you've been a breeder, but I haven't. But I have been living vicariously through Karen, well, <laughs> pretty closely. Oh yeah, those little suckers are slippery. Yeah, <laughs> you, you have to be really careful. You don't drop one on the floor. I did not yeah. drop one on the floor. Um, she did though. She jumped out of the box and had one on the bathroom floor. And, you know, I was told all the horror stories, you know, keep a flashlight. If she has to go to the bathroom, you have to go out with her and keep the light on her the whole time because they'll have one in the yard. Yeah. Just drop it and walk off. Well. Oh, my gosh. It's a, just holding, I don't know, just holding them is, is I just get tears thinking about it because yeah. they're, they're so helpless at that point. And every single puppy that, that I have brought into this world and Karen, you're going to be the same way. It's yours before it's theirs. And I stand behind them 100% and I'll take them back for any reason at any time. And I have. In fact, I just took one back two weeks ago. Yeah. Diesel's, Diesel's brother, but his parent, his, his parents died. So. Oh, that's too bad. He and Diesel recognized each other. They jumped up on the bed together and started snuggling. And Diesel said, bro, I'm surrounded by women. I'm so glad to have a buddy. <laughs> Even the scales. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, so so they're, cool. they're together. They're really great. He could have so, shown too because he was he's that good. They're all I would tell you that all of the lucky puppies, and Shirley Davis has a, has had him, all of they're all stamped with his head. And oh really? It's it's a gorgeous head, yes. Aww. And um I'll never forget Shirley. She uh she took a chance on me when nobody else would. I mean, my girls weren't champions. She has a champion. She has grand champions. I mean, Jane has grand champion, international champion. But yeah. both yeah. of them said they had been watching me for a while online on Facebook. So you never know who's looking at what you do, which is how I got into doing the service dogs. It's with Dawn Shue of Willow Service Dogs. She was mm. looking for somebody who did the ENS and did and did uh, puppy culture and kept them longer and would work with her. And she taught me how to how to test her gluten, mm -hmm. walk through it, and taught me how to keep records whether they were repelled by it or attracted by it. And I have placed two, three, three gluten detection dogs. Oh wow. Hmm. And cool. uh, 
Yeah, and they and to see them work is amazing. Oh, I bet. I bet it is. Well, it's yeah. like life and death sometimes with these people. Like, yeah, when they're re- when they're really a celiac patient, and they're not just saying that they can't take gluten, and you know, for yeah. the I don't know for the fad it is. These people absolutely, if they put their hand on a door handle that somebody ate a sandwich and touch that handle and they put it there and then get it near their face or their mouth, they can be rushed to the hospital. Oh yeah. I'm not, I, I fully believe it. Um, we've got, I don't have anybody in my family with celiac, but we have some uh, folks in my family that have really severe nut allergies and it is mm-hmm. no joke. So it is I'm not, it is not. I'm glad this, uh, those folks have your, your progeny to help them with their everyday life. That's wonderful. Well, it's not just that. They, they don't have to, you know, have something that they're definitely working in. But I do, my husband and I both are diabetics. And if I get a real low or a real high, I will, after I've tested and see what it is, I will chew on a piece of cotton and get saliva on it. And now I've got frozen clumps of cotton in there so that when I have a diabetic service dog request, I've got stuff to work with. Oh, yeah. That's actually, that's so smart. That's really cool. I hope so. But I've got, you know, emotional assistance dogs, uh, a couple of mobility ones. Um, One is going to be in seizure training, I believe. Oh, wow. So it's, uh, it's good. It's good. They, they serve a purpose. They're not, they're not just something that you do because you want it. I mean, you love them they become a part of you and you depend on them, but. Yeah. They become a lifeline. Yeah. They are, they are a lifeline, but they also have a lifetime. And a lot of these people have to have a backup. If something right. happens to their main, to their main dog, they have to have a backup. Yeah. I've seen that. Um, a couple of people I follow on social media, I follow a couple of social uh, service dog accounts that feature poodles. And I've noticed that. It's true. You do have to have a backup just in case. Well, Dawn, Dawn, actually, um, after she saw how good my poodles did with Lynn, she uh, she got a poodle for herself as a backup. Mm. So I thought that was pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's really nice how um, the people who know you on Facebook found me and um, have Bucky who is, <laughs> you know, half to Alfred. Um, I'm saying he's half. It might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but has the same sire. Yes. Um, so that's quite nice. And it was really nice to be able to meet Bucky and um, see Alfred. I mean, he really looks a lot like Alfred, um, although Alfred's bigger. Um, but the head, you know, just amazing to see that. Um, and he's such a cool dog and I know he's having a lot of fun with tank. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how tank is developing as a service dog because he was my pick from the litter as a service dog. Well, you have to, you just feel it in your gut, don't you? You Yeah. You look Um, at I, I thought that, um, Tank was just so brave and calm and interested in things. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
you know, three puppies total have gone to service homes and two of them are going to people who are very good trainers and will love the dog regardless, but they also have experience. So they have a good chance of being able to shape that dog and um, train it. Mm -hmm. um, but Tank for me was the, um, he isn't the dog that I would have personally wanted the most, um, but he was the dog that I thought would be the best prospect for service. You know, what's hard, really hard is when somebody's looking for a puppy and they come to you and I tell them on the phone because they don't come and visit until the puppies are at least six weeks old. I just don't, don't let anybody in like that. I don't want to. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But, um, and I tell them, I said, you cannot look at my litter of puppies and pick a point, a puppy and say, that's your puppy. I say, the pick is up to the puppy. The puppy yeah. will pick you. And if you don't right. like the pick, then you don't have to get that puppy. But if you do take that puppy, you've got a you've got a companion for life that will never leave your side. Right. Um, I do. Um, you know, I used to let people pick, and then Jane thought it would be better to match. So I do a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. And I had a repeat buyer who came and met the puppies and loved them all. So then I kind of narrowed it down for her and um, helped her figure out which one would fit best into her family life, which I think is really nice. And I love that, you know, she's already come back for a puppy from me. That's wonderful. It really is. It makes, there's nothing that makes you feel better than having people yep. send their friends to you. Yes. Yes. Okay. I've gotten recommendations from all over the United States. So that's good. That's yeah, good. It, it is. Um, it is really special because you put so much into those first 10 weeks with these puppies. Um, you know, it's a big commitment and you do love them. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're not a, listen, I'm lucky. Knock on wood here. I'm lucky if I break even on the litter. I, this is not my yeah. dream. No. If, if most of the time I lose money, but that's because I send them off with a big, big bag of stuff. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, uh, really, it's, I cry with them. Every time one leaves, I'm happy for them, but I'm in tears for myself because I'm going to miss them. Yeah. I don't know. If it's, I wish I had gotten into it 10 years before I did. Oh, yeah. Why is that? Because horses were too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. Karen and I have both been in the horse yeah. industry, and it is, oh, yeah. no. It is yeah. a lot. Yes, but... I, rode, I rode thoroughbreds. I rode, first started out uh, in Mississippi when I was in the Air Force, uh, Keesler Air Force Base, and I, I bought a bought an off-the-track thoroughbred. Nobody told me he didn't have a stop on him. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> but I lived in I lived in Gulfport, Mississippi, or Biloxi, Mississippi. Um, oh, no kidding. I took him into the, into the sand, and I put a mechanical hackamore on him, and I ran him into the water. And I, we, did that, we did that several times. And by the time I finished, I did that for three days, and he had a stop. Yeah. Yeah. 
and he was the most beautiful, wonderful horse. I think, I think that is the thing I've noticed between um, horse people and, and dog people like ourselves. Um, it's usually not profitable. You're in it because you, you truly love it. Like all my horse friends at least are like, yep, these shoes are really expensive, but we love him kind of thing. And I know like that's a little bit different from like the, the dog breeding, but you're doing it for the good of the dog, the good of the horse, the good of the breed, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. And and I am I am a preservationist breeder. I will never doodle. I will never sell to a doodler. And I have I've caught several people trying to come in with a with a uh, straw buyer to try to get one of my dogs to doodle. Oh wow, that's kind of scary. So it, it helps to have connections within the breeder world that you can pick up the phone and said, "Hey, have you heard of this person?" Because I'm getting I'm getting a my spidey sense is going off. You know, I'm tingling. Yeah. And I'll find out. And then when they call back and they say, "Oh, well, we'd love to see the come see the puppies," I say, "Don't don't waste your time or mine because it's not going to happen." Yeah. yeah. So, Deborah, what um, do you have any future goals uh, in mind with your program? Well, I do. I probably have two, maybe three more litters in me, maybe four. I don't know. But I'm 71 years old. I'll be 72 in May. I'm old and broken, and I I hit the ground a lot of times from big, tall horses with small brains. (laughs) (laughs) Heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got an artificial shoulder, two artificial knees, hardware in both feet and had a broken clavicle and compression fracture of my neck. Oh gosh. Well, you're yeah. all rebuilt then. I yeah. am. I'm, I'm bionic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I make, I make, I make a real good shot when I go through the airport. And they do I'm, the I'm sure you do. <laughs> It's like Christmas over there with all the little boxes that light up. Yeah. <laughs> it's too funny. It's too funny. Well, that's really cool. I'm I'm really glad we had the opportunity to talk to you and kind of give some context around Karen. Yeah. Program and Karen in this litter that we've been talking about for weeks now. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm really glad. And me especially. I, I mean, Karen's talked a lot about you to me. We talk all the time. So it's nice to actually meet you and um, hear all about your program and your dogs and your story. So I appreciate your time. Thank you. Well, I Thank you so much. I was uh, very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> we were too. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I appreciate the, the uh, opportunity you gave me to talk. I, Thank you so much for joining us. It's on the bandwagon here. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess we're saying good night. Good yes. night, Deborah. Thank you. Okay. Good, good night. night. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. And remember, a poodle will change your life. If you'd like to get in touch with either me or Elise, or if you have questions you'd like answered during the podcast, email poodlepeoplepodcast at gmail.com. And if you have questions or want to be put on my wait list for puppies, please visit my website at scotchcornerstandardpoodles.com.